Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Good and Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's episode, we preview the rest of the year in video games. Do we prefer a new Terminator or Top Gun? And what advice can we give for your last minute fantasy football draft? All this and more as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. Yes, we're back once again. It's the PCC Multiverse. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate you listening to all of our great programs. It wouldn't be a PCC Multiverse without my good friend. He is the man with the plan when it comes to Humanica Media. You got to check out all the great things going on with Humanica Media today, including their awesome podcast, Topicocalypse, now available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and so many other outlets. It's my good friend, the original Kings fan. It is Josh Peterson. What's up, man? Yeah, no Ducks fans here. Kings all the way. <laughs> Although I told you before, I truly enjoy the pond whenever I get a chance to go to it because I think that is a beautiful building, even though, yes, if you don't like the Ducks, then then yeah. It is a beautiful building, and from where I live, it's a lot easier to get to than the Staples Center, but if I have a bargain on some Kings tickets, I will make the drive to Los Angeles. Have fun on the freeways, or should I say the slow ways. Hope you got your actual... the. The what is it? The pass that you need to go through to get through all the you know for the one that you go on the side on the lane, not the HOV lane in California. Fast track is what we're talking about. I just make yeah, that's right. Drive. You know, I make someone else drive and I buy them a beer when we get there, and we're all good. There you go, there you go. Because you need fast track HOV, the carpool lane. That's not going to help you out when you go to Southern California. It is definitely a fast track kind of crowd. But we definitely got a great episode we've got for you today. Coming up here in a little bit, we've got Rob McCallum in the middle of the Cosmic Crossfire as he goes ahead and grills me what movie I want to see more. Do I want to see the Terminator movie that's coming out, or do I want to see the Top Gun movie called Maverick? Which one do I want to see first? Because both have had schedule changes, one for the worse and one for the better. So we talk about both those movies and which one we would like to see more of. Also, as well, we've got Tyler Baker coming up later in the podcast from the Fantasy Football Pater podcast. He is going to talk a little bit about some last-minute tips for your last-minute fantasy football draft, a little bit of things to key in on, and, and some things that he wants you to prep for before you go ahead into your season, which we'll talk about on our next episode. But first, we've got a lot of things going on when it comes to our previews for the next few weeks. We're going to be talking about previews of your favorite movies, TV shows, streaming. We're going to be doing a little bit of previews here and there on our next few episodes, so we can't wait to talk about that. But it all starts today with a preview of the video game scene for the rest of 2018. Josh, you're here with me, my friend, to talk some video games. I know you love video games, my friend, so this is something right up your alley, isn't it? I hate video games. What are you talking about? I don't I don't get this. What's going on? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right. What is that? An Xbox One right there? Uh, it's a whole bookshelf full of uh, the, the very things that I hate. Exactly, exactly. So 
We're going to start off with September. Coming up as scheduled as of now, in September, we've got Zone of the Enders, the second runner, coming up on the 4th. Also as well, Dragon Quest Eleven, Echoes of an Elusive Age. Shadows Awakening is also coming up on the 4th. Genesis Alpha 1, God Wars, The Complete Legend, and Destiny 2 Forsaken. They're all coming up on the 4th. You've got Yokai Watch, Blasters, Red Cat Corpse, and White Dog Squad coming up on the 7th. NBA Live 19, that's also coming up on the 7th. And NASCAR Heat 3, which I know you have had a lot to deal with over the course of the past few months. We've actually sat down and broken down NASCAR Heat 3 to NASCAR Heat 2. And you've also have interviews with the developers as well on your Humanity Media YouTube page. That game is coming out on the 7th. And the, probably the most notable game on there, sorry, all respect to NBA 2K19 and NBA Live 19, which are also coming out that day. But Spider-Man, the exclusive for PlayStation 4, Insomniac's new game is coming out on the 7th as well. SNK Heroines, 9-7 as well. Tag Team Frenzy, Immortal Unchained. September 7th is going to be a huge day for video games with a whole ton of releases there. Then you got on the 11th, you've got V-Rally 4, Mercenaries Saga Chronicles. Those two games are coming out on the 11th. On the 14th, you've got Nintendo Labo, the vehicle kit, so you can go driving around and whatnot. Well, the best you can in cardboard, that is. NHL 19 comes out on the 14th. Black Clover, Quartet Knights, that's coming out on the 14th. And what we talked about on a previous episode, you want to check out one of our most recent episodes on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all those podcast channels. On one of our most recent episodes, we went into detail on Shadow of the Tomb Raider, which also comes out on the 14th. Then you've got Cat Quest that's coming out on the 18th. Legendary Fishing, Scribblenauts Mega Pack, those are coming out on the 18th as well. Then finally, to round out the month, you've got Xenoblade Chronicles 2 coming out on the 21st, Metal Max Xeno on the 25th, Moonlighter on the 25th, Valkyria Chronicles 4 on the 25th, Punchline on the 25th, Jake Hunter Ghost of the Dusk on the 28th, and FIFA 19, which is going to be another massively huge title for Electronic Arts. That ends the month on the 28th as well. So covering all that for you, my friend, on September, what titles seemingly stand out for you the most in a positive fashion that really could take the month of September and take it strong? What's a great question. All right, so I'm going to go down this list here and tell you what I have plans on playing and what I would like to play but probably won't play. All right, so Dragon Quest Eleven. I would love to play it. I have friends who are playing it. Eric from the Super BS Games cast is playing it. And I have heard nothing but great things about it. Unfortunately, I probably won't have time to dive into it as much as I would like to. First, going down the list, I have pre-ordered Spider-Man, and I am going to play it next week, and I am super excited about it. Oh, you pre-ordered it, huh? I did, I did. Well, basically, I was in GameStop, and I was doing their uh, used game sale, and they're like, hey, you want to pre-order anything? And I'm like, you know, I'm going to... I'm probably going to pick this up anyway, so why not? So mm, Check out the comments he had on our last show if pre-ordering is still de- uh, is, is dead. It's making me contradict myself. But yeah, yes, I did. Uh, yes, I did. I'm going to pick it up. It'll be fun, hopefully. I really loved Web of Shadows, and I'm hoping that if what I'm hearing about this game is true, it's going to have that kind of same open-world dynamic. And from what I understand, it's actually a really long game, but my hope is that, you know, you could play through it probably in about 40 hours. I've been following some of the reviews, and I'm hopeful that it's not going to be something that's over like 50 hours because there's a lot of games coming out. September kicks off gaming season officially, and I just got to make sure I'm done with everything I'm playing by the time, you know, some of these bigger titles come out. All right, so Bastion on Nintendo Switch. I have never played it. I've heard great things, and I do want to play it. Well, let me give you my thoughts here on, you know, as far as older games go, if I'm going to add it to my back catalog. I love the idea of being able to take it on the go because I don't have to sit there in front of my console and waste precious hours. You know, I could be spending on something like, you know, Red Dead 2 or Shadow of the Tomb Raider, Spider-Man, what have you. If it's an old game and I'm going to take the time out of my schedule to play it, I like the idea of being able to play it, you know, in between the work hours or 
while I'm traveling up to Bass Lake or Sacramento or whatever it is, I like the idea of just being able to pull out the Nintendo Switch and playing it. So I was telling someone the other day, I'm currently playing Elder Scrolls Skyrim on the Nintendo Switch, but since I've already played it three times, what I did was I switched the difficulty down to easy, and I'm currently going through all of the dungeons that I have never been through before. So I'm kind of taking a new experience, but I'm ditching the frustration of having played it on the original consoles. And Bethesda keeps on thank you for your continued contributions to that seven-year-old game. <laughs> true, true. All right, so Shadow of the Tomb Raider we talked about. I am going to play it September 14th. I played the other two, loved them both. I'm hoping that Eidos Montreal kind of takes responsibility for whatever happens with the game and that it they produce something great. Other than that, Life is Strange 2 is the other one that I'm looking forward to. I really enjoyed the awesome adventures of Captain Spirit. And so that Chris would be back in Life is Strange 2. I don't know when because judging by the trailer, it does not have Chris in it. I like these games that are kind of like choose your own adventure novels. You know, you kind of you get put in a situation and you explore your surroundings and you got it. You get to choose how the game is going to play out. That's what I love about Life is Strange, too. And I liked I like Life is Strange one. It was a by the time I realized how great it was, it's kind of too old. And I was already playing other games. But this is exciting to me because I like the idea of starting over fresh and uh, being able to experience this at the same time as everybody else. I love that. Dragon Ball Fighters, maybe. I haven't quite made up my mind on that. But as far as September goes, that's kind of what I'm interested in. Destiny 2 Forsaken is coming out. But for those who haven't delved into Destiny 2, hey, guess what? On the PlayStation, it is a free game for the next month. So if you get a chance, download it today. The actual base game is free up until I believe the beginning of October. You want to check that out if you are a PlayStation Plus member because they want you to go ahead and get prepped up for Destiny 2 Forsaken. It was similar to what Ubisoft did with For Honor last month for the Xbox One. So i tell you what, that's fine. It's a free game. I like it. And the fact that if you like it so much and Destiny 2 is a great experience for you, Hey, Forsaken comes out right there at the beginning of the month, so you could go ahead and add that on to that free Destiny 2 game. To me, also as well, I am targeting Spider-Man as far as being a very, very interesting game. I heard a lot of advanced reviews are very positive on it. Shadow of the Tomb Raider, we've discussed that on a previous episode. You want to check that out. Our extended thoughts on Shadow of the Tomb Raider and what its hopes for success and the realities of being the third iteration in this trilogy is this going to close out on a strong note or is it going to be something that might disappoint it is a new studio handling it that's not always the best of signs so you want to check out our thoughts in in its entirety on our last week's i believe pcc multiverse to give you an idea what we thought of the game in full but this is the biggest month of the year i think for electronic arts not only do you have nhl 19 You have your biggest game probably in your arsenal, FIFA 19, coming out at the end of this month. And if it does anything, it's probably a do-or-die situation. Maybe not. They have money to spend. But NBA Live 19, which has been an inferior game compared to NBA 2K19 for so long now, it's at some point in time that they have to go ahead and make a move that's substantially better than what they have been doing there's been a, even a point in time where they've actually canceled a year game and taken a year off so they try to make the product better, and they've still yet to make it as compelling as NBA 2K19. Even with all of NBA 2K19's issues with microtransactions and things of that nature, it's still not been able to close the gap enough. Will that happen this year? I'd be interested to find out, but this is definitely one of the biggest months of the year, if not the biggest for electronic arts because they've got three games and don't sleep on nhl 19 because that's always been a very solid title for them gotta check that out if you're a sports fan because this is the month for you you're listening to the pop culture cosmos don't touch that dial wait do do people still use dials Mm, nothing's better when grilling your favorite meal than adding some delicious wheelie q rubs seasonings and gluten-free barbecue sauce 
Made with the finest ingredients, Wheelie Q products pack a ton of flavor to your meals, whether it's ribs, chicken, steak, hamburgers, fries, or vegetables. To get your hands on some of these tasty Wheelie Q items, head on over to www.wheelieq.com and a portion of all profits made will go into finding a cure for spinal muscular atrophy. PCC Multiverse listeners, act now and get 15% off your order today just by entering the promo code POD2. That's P-O-D and the number 2 at checkout. For the tastiest food on the grill, nothing's better than Wheelie Q items today at wheelieq.com. Coming up in October, we've got a lot of releases. Again, it is a big, big month. In fact, many are pointing to this month with a almost like a murderer's row of a lot of games coming out that people need to be made aware of. We've got Mega Man 11 coming up on the 2nd of October. Fist of the North Star Lost Paradise coming up on the 2nd. Mutant Football League, the Dynasty Edition, that's coming up on the 2nd. And Assassin's Creed Odyssey is also coming up on October 2nd. That's a big title along with Forza Horizon 4 on the same date. So October 2nd is really going to be a big day for gaming as well. On the 5th, you have WWE 2K19, Super Mario Party, and don't sleep on that because our good friends at Mario Party Wars would tell you not to sleep on that game because it might be very good. On the 9th, you have Senra Kugora Burst Renewal at the Seams Edition, Disgaea 1 Complete, Goosebumps the Game. Those three games are coming out on the 9th. On the 12th, you've got Luigi's Mansion, Bendy and the Ink Machine, World's End with You, the Final Remix, and Call of Duty Black Ops 4. That is going to be a big day for video games as well, especially when there's a new Call of Duty, which is changing from its traditional November release, moving up for a lot of different reasons, one of which we're going to be talking about here in just a second that's coming out later in the month. Monstrum is coming out on the 16th, Lego DC Super Villains, Warriors Orochi, Rapala Pro Series, Big Buck Hunter Arcade, Starlink Battle for Atlas. Those are all coming out on the 16th. Then on the 19th, you've got Soul Calibur 6, Space Hulk Tactics. Those are coming out on the 19th. On the 23rd, you've got Paw Patrol on a roll, and that's a game I know Josh is really keying in on. Just Dance 2019, that's another game I know he's keying in on. <laughs> and then also Project High Rise Architect Edition, Crayola Scoot. And those are the games that are coming out on the 23rd. But the biggest game of the year is coming out on the 26th of October, Red Dead Redemption 2. Everybody's clearing the way forward. It's just going to be a tremendous hit. You know when there's a rock star release. Everybody takes notice, and I think the video game industry will take notice when it comes out on the 26th. So everybody's almost breathless with anticipation for that one. Also on the 26th, My Hero One's Justice and Nero, Nothing Ever Remains Obscure. That's almost going to be like a trivia question. What games came out the same day as Red Dead Redemption 2? Everspace on the 30th, their Galactic Edition, Crystal Crisis, the Launch Edition, SNK 40th Anniversary Collection, Steven Universe, Save Light, and OKKQ, OK, Let's Play Heroes. That's coming out on, on the 30th. Salt and Sanctuary, the Drowned, the Drowned Tome Edition, and Deathmark. That comes out on the 31st. Salt and Sanctuary comes out on the 30th. So it's a big month, my friend. Not as many huge releases once you get past it as far as in the first week. There's only a couple more huge releases that come out the rest of the month. But boy, those are going to be a couple big whoppers because you got Assassin's Creed coming out on the second and Forza Horizon 4 and WWE 2K19. They all come out within a few days of each other. Super Mario Party might be a surprise seller on the Switch. But after that, everybody's going to be keying in on the 12th with Call of Duty Black Ops 4 and what's going to go on with their Battle Royale mode and the ditching of the campaign. And of course, everyone's eyes are going to be on how good Rockstar's next game, Red Dead Redemption 2, is going to be. Your thoughts on October, man. It's going to shape up as something really, really something to remember for us gamers. I think that it's funny that Nintendo is the only company to feel like 
they can successfully release any games within weeks of Red Dead Redemption because Red Dead is going to outsell everything. I wouldn't want to be a developer being forced to release anything within you know five or six weeks of that game. But Nintendo has a unique market in the fact that they have a very large niche of players that play Nintendo stuff only, so they don't have to worry about Red Dead overshadowing some of their releases. But go down the list here. Forza Horizon 4. So I am interested in playing this game, but I'm curious how this is going to work with instead of the drive avatar functions that they had on the other Horizon games, how is it going to work with having real-time players in the game all the time? You know, is it like cuz in the original Horizon or 2 Horizon 2 which I'm playing now, you can challenge a drive avatar to a race, but if you have real-time drivers, what's the trolling situation going to be like? Are they going to be constantly challenging you to to uh, races? How is that all going to work? And can you close the game off to people you, you know, only if you want only your friends to jump in your game, can you close the game off to only your friends? So that's something that's on my mind. I do love the idea of, you know, having a live game kind of like Sea of Thieves. And I love the idea of like the weather system changing all the time. So I'm really keen on seeing how this game turns out, especially since it's rumored that Playground Games, their next game is going to be a fable game so i'm very intrigued on how their open platform game is going to turn out for forza horizon 4 so that's definitely on my my watch list assassin's creed odyssey is another one especially since they said that they're going to be taking 2019 off how is odyssey going to turn out and from what i understand they're still making dlc for origins so are these games going to tie in? What's the DLC going to be like? How is that option of being able to choose what dialogue you're going to to do? How are people going to react to Odyssey? Like that's what I want to know because with each Assassin's Creed, especially the new ones, are inter- introducing more RPG elements into these games, and I'm a huge fan of that. But how is it going to turn out? How is it going to play out? It looks cool in theory, but how are people going to react to it? That's my big question. Call of Duty Black Ops 4, we've talked about this a lot. Is the Battle Royale genre right for a Call of Duty game? That's the big question everyone has on their mind, especially since Fortnite really just shows no signs of slowing down at the moment. And a lot of people, I love that Battlefield is still advertising the fact that they have a campaign and it's it's a very uh, immersive campaign. But they've strongly hinted that they're going to add in a Battle Royale at some point in time as well. In the meantime, they have a campaign that is very inclusive to because they have a, a, a rich, immersive story that is including women. It's including minorities like in my eyes, Battlefield cannot do anything wrong. Call of Duty has no campaign. So as far as Battlefield's campaign is concerned, they cannot do anything wrong because they have one at this moment and Call of Duty doesn't. And I think that that puts them above and beyond as far as you know, a single player experience goes. Is Call of Duty's Black Ops, is their Battle Royale mode going to do anything? Or are people just going to say, hey, I'm going to stick with Fortnite? We don't know. They are bringing back zombies, and that's something that people are very fond of. But again, is it worth the 60 bucks it's going to cost to play it, to always have to be online, and to have to shut off whatever Battle Royale game you're currently playing? I think with Call of Duty Black Ops 4, it's definitely going to be a test to see about the future of the Call of Duty franchise because this is something that they're cashing in on the latest craze in gaming. So we're going to see how far that goes at this point in time. So right, I'm, right. I'm with you on that. I, I'm, I'm curious to see what is the reception of it, both critically, but most importantly, how commercially successful or not so successful will it be this time around? And will they ditch it next year or will they continue it? We'll see how well it does because... If it does very well, they're going to continue on this form and fashion that they will not have a campaign in the Call of Duty games. But if it doesn't perform well, I think that's the first thing they're going to point to is the fact that they tried to go ahead and cash in on the Battle Royale genre and it didn't pay off. Well, to me, it's kind of a test to see if the Battle Royale genre can be incorporated into larger franchises. 
So can they be incorporated into, into Call of Duties? Can they be incorporated into Battlefields? Can they be incorporated into Halos, Assassin's Creed, so on and so forth? Is it going to work? Call of Duty is the guinea pig. But here's the thing. I think that a Battle Royale mode, to be on the scale that Fortnite or PUBG has, it's going to require a lot of memory, a lot of processing space, which, in my opinion, is probably why Call of Duty cut their minuscule campaign from this new game. But how is it going to work? How is the reaction going to be? If it's even close to mediocre, I can guarantee you players are not going to care about it and they're just going to go back to Fortnite. So it's a test. They're the guinea pigs. If it fails, like they're taking a huge financial risk with Black Ops 4. And if it fails, like this could be the first Call of Duty game that sells significantly less than the other Call of Duty games. That's true. And that's definitely something we're going to keep an eye on right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, that's for sure. And of course, we've got Red Dead Redemption 2 coming out later that month, which I know you and I and the rest of the, uh, I guess the gaming community is going to be keeping an eye on. And can they go ahead and strike again the success that they had, not only with the last Red Dead Redemption, which was a critical and also commercial success, but since then they released Grand Theft Auto V, and that's closing in on $100 million in sales. It's closing in quickly on $100 million shipped, but it will be at some point in time above $100 million in sales in and of itself. And while no one's expecting $100 million sales for Red Dead Redemption 2, there has still been a high bar set as far as where this game needs to go to be something that Rockstar can be proud of. Yeah, and I feel like Red Dead, it kind of goes without saying that the masses are going to play this game. You know, at this point, I don't really have much to say about it that I haven't said before, but the masses are going to play it. I'm going to play it. Is it going to live up to the expectations that gamers have? Who knows? But, you know, what they do have working for them is the fact that there aren't a lot of games made in the western open world genre like i think that they are actually the only franchise in that genre so really all they have to worry about at this point is the the idea of can they live up to the original and not i'm not talking about red dead revolver but can they live up the hype of the original red dead redemption and really like at this point their competition is themselves very very pointed words by josh peterson once again we have been previewing the video game scene coming up for the rest of 2018 at the back end of the show we're going to be talking about the months of november and december we definitely going to be delving into battlefield a little bit more coming up later in the program coming up though here in a bit right after the break we've got our good friend rob mccallum coming back in the middle of the cosmic crossfire He's going to be talking about the new Terminator that's on the way and also the new Top Gun movie and which do we want to see more. That's coming up right after the break. And later on, we've got Tyler Baker from the Fantasy Football Pater podcast. He's going to share his last-minute thoughts for those taking care of their picks in one of their final or their only draft that's coming up just in the nick of time, just before the season starts. He's going to be giving some last-minute tips for you out there so check that out later in the program as well. This is the PCC Multiverse. Rob McCallum Films is back with a vengeance. Power of Grayskull, the definitive history of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, which chronicles the ultimate 80s billion-dollar franchise, Masters of the Universe. See exclusive interviews and hear untold stories from the people responsible for creating the world of Eternia, a place full of magic and science, and learn about the craft of creating action figures and animation. Power of Grayskull is just one of our many projects at Rob McCallum Films. And we're back with another edition of the Cosmic Crossfire. It's Gerald coming right back at you here. Well, it wouldn't be a Cosmic Crossfire without my good friend. It's the man himself at Rob McCallum Films. You gotta check out all the great stuff that's going on with Rob McCallum Films today at robmccallumfilms.com, Rob McCallum Films on Facebook, and at Rob McZob on Twitter. It's my good friend. It is Rob McCallum. So pray tell, Rob, what's on your mind when it comes to pop culture? 
Well, this is another big question where you've got to decide which film you think is going to be a bigger hit with audiences as both have switched their dates one more drastically than another. Top Gun 2, The Topper Gunner, starring Tom Cruise, has been delayed a year with some inside sources saying they don't want to rush things because of other commitments. So it's being delayed a year now. And Terminator 6 has been moved up a week. And this is the film that ignores everything after Terminator 2, Judgment Day. So, Gerald, the question to you. Not so much about the dates being moved, although I know there's a lot of fan circles out there that are going to be talking about this and really worried about Top Gun 2 getting delayed an entire year and getting excited that Terminator 6, which is kind of like Terminator 3, even though it's still being referred to as Terminator 6, because there is a Terminator 3, is moving up a week. So which film do you think will be a bigger hit with audiences? You're talking about Maverick. I was surprised you didn't actually say the title of it, because uh, I thought it was just so funny to say Maverick. And it's going to be so fun to say Maverick each and every time. when it Not comes to be out confused with the Mel Gibson film of the same name, Maverick. That's right. That's right. It's coming out in 2020, although they have time to change the name. So what film am I more excited about? Well, no, which which film is going to be a bigger hit with audiences? Okay, well, I think Maverick will probably be a bigger hit with audiences because I think people have tired of the Terminator genre. But I understand that it's getting James Cameron's blessing, his involvement in it this time. It's a reboot kind of sort of speak. It does have Linda Hamilton involved in the project. She's going to be part of it. She's coming back as a super duper warrior that she is. And But still, how much more Terminator do we need in such a relatively short period of time? Because Terminator Genesis flopped big time. It did a big time belly flop into the pool. Obviously, there's been other Terminators after the great Terminator 2 that have come along that have not really resonated with audiences. I think Terminator Salvation was the only one really to have any kind of commercial success after that to any stretch. I don't even think Rise of the Machines did that well. I know it's obviously not thought of very well as far as from a critical standpoint. So I probably have to say at this point in time, since they're not taking maybe another 10 years off between Terminators, I'd probably say at this point in time, I would shoot for Maverick as far as my pick on that. I got to disagree. We got to start head to head this week, Gerald. Head to head, baby! I got to say that I don't think people are going to be clamoring for Top Gun 2 in the way that they like the visceral elements that have made the Terminator franchise, whether they're hits or misses, even with the last three or four being complete misses, they (laughs) still have those visceral elements of the unstoppable monster. They still have that sci-fi bend to them. And that's always going to appeal, whether it's part of the Terminator franchise or something else entirely. That monster that can't be stopped with that nice little sci-fi element and robots and technology that you know you have to wrap your, your head around because it's so new and fresh. Those are always great storytelling points. And that's the kind of stuff that we're really betting on. Is that going to be cooler and better? than airplanes flying around. Who wants to see a bunch of airplanes flying around in dogfights? That would be like seeing Iron Man in his suit cam vision selfie mode for 60% of an Iron Man movie. Well, I'm good on either, but there is a nostalgia factor when it comes to Maverick that people might clamor to initially. Yeah, maybe. On the surface, Paramount is saying that the reason why for the delay in a year is supposedly due to the air sequences that's going to take and develop more time. I mean, we know in dealing with Hollywood, that may not always be the case. Essentially, Tom Cruise wants to fly an airplane from the outside of it in a dogfight to fool his enemies or whatever, (laughs) whatever's going on here. I think there's going to be political issues that you got to be really careful about with Top Gun 2. And I think this really falls into a category that we saw from another film from the eighties that was really big and had a sequel come around 2008 or nine. And that's wall street. We had wall street, which was a huge movie in the eighties for Oliver Stone harken back to money. Never sleeps came out again. Michael Douglas is in it. Shia LaBeouf was in it. There was a cameo by Charlie Sheen and it just didn't rekindle the magic for people. It just wasn't enough. It was a great idea on paper. The script, you know, works for what it was because it worked in the eighties. So why not bring it back? It's just a different time, a different period. And I don't think 
audiences are going to be wooed. But then again, I am the guy that also says the Fast and the Furious movies shouldn't be as appealing as they are. Top Gun 2, Maverick, is probably going to be Fast and the Furious in disguise. And I don't think that's going to be quite enough. Well, that'll do it for another episode of the Cosmic Crossfire. Until next time, then, I guess. Until next time, it's always great to have you a part of the show, my friend, part of the pop culture cosmos, and of course, right here in the middle of the Cosmic Crossfire. Get ready for Box Art, a gaming docuseries from Pyre Productions and Rob McCallum Films. If you love video games, chances are there's a box cover or cover image that you love and has stuck with you for decades. In our series, Box Art, we travel across North America to visit with the unknown illustrators and artists responsible for creating the most iconic gaming images of all time. What was once scheduled to be a 90-minute documentary is now a six-episode season packed with unbelievable tales that paint a picture of the gaming industry you've never imagined. Just one of the many pop culture projects from Rob McCallum, Empire Productions. I tell you what, he's psyched. He's ready to go. It is my good friend. It is Tyler Baker. What's going on, man? I'm super excited. I'm ready for another season of football. I'm ready to sit down and hang out with you and talk football. Man, it's exciting. I tell you what, it's going to be a great season. Looking forward yeah. to it. And the smack of talk must commence. <laughs> it must. If if you have a draft this weekend, I highly recommend getting on ESPN or Yahoo or, or I think CBS Sports might do it too, or one of the major sites and do a mock draft. Get used to drafting. Mock drafts are very key to making sure when your draft comes around, you're not hit with a bunch of surprises. Doing mock drafts will help you be in situations where you have to decide between players. That's very, very helpful. And I know this almost goes without saying, the only major bit of advice I would say for myself is I see a lot right now on social media and as far as the fantasy football groups that are going around right now, a lot of them are asking to be a part of pay leagues. So I know there's a lot of pay and cash leagues that are going on out there. Mm-hmm. If you are going to go and decide to go and delve into a pay or cash league, my suggestion is be prepared. Listen to, to the advice of not only just us here, but any of the, of the other places that, that you enjoy or really use as a reference. Make sure you're really prepared because now you're putting some cash on the line. It's not mm-hmm. just some casual free type deal. Like if you're doing something free on ESPN, Yahoo, NFL.com or what have you, this is something for real that you now need to pay attention to because it, like I said, it's, it's for money. It gets more serious. The emotions get in there and, and really just make sure you're, you're always staying tuned with what's going on wherever you get your fantasy football fix because like I said, when the money's on the line, a lot of people need to get more serious about it and because one or two crucial mistakes and you could be out a serious amount of cash. That's true. In fact, I very rarely play leagues that there's no money on the line. And it's only because people take it more seriously. If people took free leagues seriously, I would play more free leagues, but people just don't. So if you are in a league where there is money involved, make sure you know the person that is commissioning the league, make sure that you know them and trust them. If it is playing with people that you don't know and they're playing for money, make sure that that it's a third-party site that's holding the money just because you want to be careful. You want to have your bases covered. But yeah, when there's some cash on the line, people are going to try a lot harder. And just pay attention. Pay attention going into your draft. Relax. Remember you're still having fun. But if you prepare and if you do some mock drafts, you're going to go into your draft and you're going to be a lot more relaxed. It's going to be a lot easier for you to have fun. Tell you what, Tyler Baker, it's great to have you doing the actual podcast here as part of the Pop Culture Cosmos experience in full. Your segments will be running on our shows on not only on Monday, Friday, but the full episodes will be on our channel as well. Just truly appreciate all the time you're taking for the, well, the for us this year and best of luck to you this season outside of week one.
That's very much appreciated. It's going to be fun. We've got our own league, and that'll be fun to talk about. But getting your listeners involved in fantasy football, if you have an opportunity to join a league, join a league. And if you need some pointers, you can always go to the Facebook group at Fantasy Football Paydirt Podcast Group and ask a question. And it's really good for first-time fantasy players. So if you have an opportunity to join a league, go ahead. Just do it. It'll be fun. You'll enjoy it. And you can also email us at popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Uh-huh. Yep. Tell you what, Tyler, it's going to be a great season. I'm looking forward to it. And let the smacketh talk begin, my friend. <laughs> looking forward to it. So great to have you part of the Pop Culture Cosmos and the Fantasy Football Pater Podcast. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmos show and the PCC Multiverse. That is by far my favorite because it's also character driven and the stakes are high and there's much more of a mystery and intrigue to it. A game like Wolfenstein, which people are saying are one of the most socially important video games of the past 10 years. Catch our shows on radio worldwide seven days a week or at any time on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts or on over 30 more podcast outlets. If you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games, we can help. Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only five minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games. And we're back with the PCC Multiverse. Just want to make sure everybody knows out there, if you need a listing of where we're at, whether it's on one of our radio stations that plays our shows seven days a week on either over the air or online radio or one of our many podcast outlets, just check it out today at Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. Also as well, you can check out some of it as well on our Pop Culture Cosmo on Twitter. Or if you just want to send us a message or just check up on the latest pop culture news, just got to go ahead and check it out. Like I said, Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook and at Pop Culture Cosmo on Twitter. Josh, I know you got a great thing going on with Humanica Media. So spill the beans, my friend. What's the latest and greatest with Topicocalypse and, of course, Humanica Media? So we got a couple of band interviews that have gone up. We've talked to Pat and Kyle of the band Keys. And if you're interested in the band Pierce the Veil, it just so happens that the lead singer of Keys is the nephew of Vic Fuentes of Pierce the Veil. So, you know, if you're interested in the emo, screamo, post-hardcore scene. Also, I put up an interview with Callum Reed of the band Stasis. And Stasis is a melodic hardcore band taking influences from bands like Heart and Hand, Counterparts, Hundredth, Capsize, etc. You know, what it's like to be a, a melodic hardcore band in 2018. Just a lot of good stuff. So if you're a music fan, these are definitely two episodes. So it's a good thing to check out. You got to check that out. It's going to be on the Topicocalypse channel that is available on Podbean, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. So we're continuing our preview for video games for the rest of 2018. It's been a great conversation so far. We've got a lot of great games that we've talked about already for the months of September and October. November is coming on the way, and there's still some stuff to talk about there because holiday sales start, of course. We've got Black Friday, Cyber Monday, all generating a huge amount of income. And I'll tell you what, right now, you've got a lot of great games that are still left on the plate for the rest of the year. Grip is coming out on 11.6. You've got Hitman 2 that's also coming out on November 9th. Spyro, the Reignited Trilogy, that's coming out on the 13th. Fallout 76, another major entry in the Fallout series from Bethesda. This one's going to be more multiplayer-centric. That one's coming out on the 14th. And get this, what we talked about a little bit before at the beginning of the show, Battlefield 5 has been moved. That's coming out on the 16th just two days after Fallout 76. On the 16th, you've also got a great Pokemon game, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu, Pokemon Let's Go Eevee. Those games are coming out 11-16-2018. Farming Simulator comes out on the 20th. 
Omen of Sorrow that comes out on the 27th, and Darksiders 3 also comes out on November 27th. Not as many titles coming out in November, but there's still a couple big titles to talk about. The one thing I don't want people to forget is the Pokemon games, the Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee games that are coming out. Those are games that should not be forgotten about because like you were talking about with Nintendo base and the hardcore fans that they have, that's going to be one that people need to key on, especially after the success of Pokemon Go. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be interesting to see how it goes. What the footage that I saw at E3 looked great. And just hearing people talk about it looks great. I think Nintendo was smart and basically they're making Pokemon Let's Go an experiment. You know, how are these mechanics going to work on a big console with the motion controls? I love the idea of fighting trainers, but when you fight Pokemon in the wild, it's either you capture them or you move on with your journey. So that's kind of cool. It kind of saves time. You know, we haven't really seen a lot of like the experience system, how that's going to work. So I'll be keen to see how that goes but they're smart in the fact that they're releasing this kind of test game before they put out an actual entry in the franchise which is uh, expected to release in 2020 so good for them i'm excited to see how it goes i will play it personally i think this is going to be something that's a nice follow-up to it it's going to be something that a lot of people looking forward to on the switch and the pokemon series back for the game boys and DSs and whatnot, when they came out with gold and silver, red and blue, those really were solid sellers continuously for many, many, many months. Kids were coming each and every day for to buy it after months and months where other games were just gone by the wayside and already hit the clearance bin. The Pokemon games endured. And I believe this will happen again with the Let's Go versions coming to the Nintendo Switch. I think these will be solid sellers continuously. And I think they could actually be a top 10 selling game overall. If not the Eevee, then I definitely think the Let's Go Pikachu could definitely be something that might sneak into the top 10 and be a very strong seller for the Nintendo Switch. I want to ask you one more thing when it comes to November, my friend. Like we said, Battlefield 5 has moved to... November 16th, just two days after Fallout 76. So obviously they're not intimidated with what's going on being behind or just after Fallout 76. They were placed originally in mid-October just after Call of Duty Black Ops 4. Tell me a little bit more about your thoughts when you heard this switch happen as far as Battlefield going to a mid-November slot behind Fallout 76 do you think this is a targeted move or do you think this is a development move because they need a little bit more time to work on the game? I honestly don't think that Fallout 76 is going to be doing as well as everybody thinks that it is. It's going to be a fun game, but it's kind of a weird venture for Bethesda as in the fact that Elder Scrolls Online was a very successful game, but Fallout 76 is a whole different beast in itself. It's going to be an interesting experiment in the fact that how are people going to react to it? Is it going to be something that really catches players? Are they going to get in there? Are they going to get tired of it really fast? Are they going to treat it like a true Bethesda game, like a true experience, like the Elder Scrolls or the right. other iterations in the Fallout series? Right. So according to you know the studio heads at Bethesda, you can play Fallout 76 by yourself. There is value in the single-player community, but... It's one of those games where they really encourage you to play it with people. And anytime you bring people into a game, as I've discussed with Sea of Thieves, there is a huge potential for trolling. So Fallout 76 is not a natively single player game, which is going to be interesting because how is that experience going to turn out? Is it going to be something that's fun to play by yourself? Do you have to play with friends? How is the community going to react? There's just... There's so many questions with Fallout 76 because there's so many variables that are unknown at this point. As for Battlefield 5, they have the favor of people who are looking to play a single-player experience in that genre. So I, I think Battlefield 5 is going to do okay. I think the idea is by giving people two weeks to play Red Dead Redemption, Battlefield's kind of in a prime position to kind of be that game you know the next game the next evolution of gaming season so 
who knows, man? I don't think Battlefield Five is in any danger of not selling well, especially because Battlefield is one of those games that has consistently been on sale on Black Friday. But Fallout seventy six is the one that people should be concerned about because it's the wild card here. Nobody really knows how to react to it. Nobody really knows what it's going to be like. I think the reviews coming out the gates are going to be rough, but it's also a game that Bethesda can tweak and moderate and fix as it goes along. We hit December now, and December is not going to be for a lack of titles. I remember back in the day, my friend, when December, pretty much outside of maybe a Nintendo release here and there, was pretty much given up for dead as far as a month is concerned. Now, there's some games that are listed on several websites as coming out possibly on the 31st. That's just a placeholder date, and I don't think any of those games are really coming out. So we're just going to focus on the three games that have definite dates earlier in the month that are going to capitalize still on the holiday season, and that is Override Mech City Brawl that's coming out on the 4th, Just Cause 4 from Square Enix that's also coming out on the 4th, and Super Smash Brothers Ultimate that's coming out on the 7th. I'm going to ask you, my friend, Just Cause 4 coming out on December 4th, I think it's really puzzling to me. I think that should have been a November or a spring release. I think that should have been delayed to the spring. I just don't think it's a strong enough title for it to stand up to every other one of these big, huge AAA games that are going to come out. I think it stands a lot like another Square Enix game in Shadow of the Tomb Raider in that it might get, uh, it might fall under the weight of all those heavy titles to come out. I think it actually, of the two, might actually garner less acclaim and less sales, even in the holiday season, than Shadow of the Tomb Raider, because I guess the lesser known property, also as well, the fact that it's just coming out at a time where I think only Nintendo games really have survived and thrived really to any extent. And then you have Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. That's something I thought that should have come out in November, just before the Black Friday season, because I thought that would be really great to have that game come out. That's going to come out, not only the game, like I said, but a bundle, if I'm not mistaken, is coming out that's going to include a pro controller as well. So that's something I think is is long overdue for the system. I welcome it. I think it's going to do well, but I, I'm i just puzzled, man, that Nintendo seems to love that first week of December sales. Instead of just trying to sneak it in, on the last week of November, just before Thanksgiving type deal. Your thoughts on that, but also as well, Just Cause 4 coming out in December. Doesn't it seem very puzzling to you that this game is coming out Just Cause 4 in early December and something that should have come out maybe a little bit later in 2019? Yeah, I think Just Cause 4 is prime for a spring release date, but you know they have the, um, the, the quarterly profits. I think that was kind of important to Square at this point. But Just Cause 4, I don't have a lot of interest in it. As someone who hasn't played any of the other games, I've watched footage of the other games. But even like if they were remastered and I had the opportunity to start from scratch, I just I don't. It's just not interesting to me. It's not something that in the midst of gaming season that I would be willing to like number four in a series of games in the midst of gaming season would not be something that I'd be willing to to dive into. Whereas, like, so look at something like Far Cry 5 came out in the spring. That's a whole other story in itself. I love the idea of diving into Far Cry when I didn't have a huge backup of games to play. So Just Cause 4, it's coming out at the wrong time. If anything, I think it should have been released in August. I think that would have been a good, solid release date for that. And maybe, you know, gave it the opportunity to gain a little momentum before Red Dead comes out. I agree with you a lot when it comes to Just Cause 4. The Switch looks like it will be poised to be the game system that people are keying in on the most this holiday season. I was hoping for a bundle. It would have been nice to get something at around 350 for a bundle like that. But hey, at this point in time, the bundles that they are offering are going to be just a pro controller and the game only. But that will be sold, I believe, in the European and United States markets. Here's my thoughts on Super Smash Bros. It's going to make me wildly unpopular. I think that Smash Brothers is one of the most overhyped games ever created because everyone loves the idea of having a big brawler where you can, you know, make your favorite Nintendo characters fight each other. But what does it have to offer? You know, it's just a brawler and 
modern gaming trends have proven anything is that brawlers are fun, but they don't last with the people because you can't really immerse yourselves into them. So I think that Super Smash Brothers is going to sell well among Nintendo fanboys, but I don't think it's going to do really anything to reach outside of that demographic. I disagree a little bit. I think it's going to sell well. I don't think it is as big a seller as Mario Odyssey or Zelda, but I do think it is going to be a solid system seller in and of itself this holiday season. I'm just curious, again, something like that, why it's not coming out two weeks earlier just makes very little sense to me. Get that big time rush of sales because a lot of people are going to be keying in on video games when it comes to the sales that are going to be taking place during the Black Friday session. But it's still the holiday season and I know a lot of Super Smash Brothers Ultimates will be coming out and will be selling out that first week of December and also going forward at least until the end of the year. And I am not as harsh on the Super Smash Brothers series as you are. I think it's been a favorite of the fans that are out there. Do I think it's going to be at the level of the previous Zelda and Super Mario Odyssey like last year? No, but I still think it's going to be a strong seller. It's not exactly the greatest lineup for Nintendo this fall, but I think when it comes to Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee, and Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, there's just enough there to get people interested. And I still think at this point in time, the Nintendo Switch is going to be the game system that's going to sell the most this holiday season. Your thoughts on which game system might sell the most? Do you agree with me on the Switch, or do you think the Xbox One, the Xbox One X, PlayStation 4 Pro, or the PlayStation 4 still has something left up its sleeve? No, I totally agree. The Switch is going to be the one that outsells everything, because you think about Xbox and PlayStation, while they do have big games coming out, neither of them has any like holiday exclusives that is going to be drawing people to them anytime soon. And with the rumors that the next consoles are going to be released in, what, 2019, 2020, whatever it is. Xbox went big with their E3 conference. Sony decided to minimize, but neither console has anything that's worth being a bundle title because everything that Xbox announced, most of the things that Xbox announced, are big hits for the Xbox Games Pass. So there's no point in buying like a Forza Horizon 4 xbox bundle because you're gonna get it on xbox games fast no matter what so i feel like nintendo does have stuff to offer especially with pokemon they're in a prime position because people do love pokemon but you know as far as the other two go i don't think that there's anything coming out that's worth investing into a special edition to get well that's our preview of the video game season for the rest of 2018 If you have your thoughts on which games you're targeting or which games you think are really going to do well and which games you really think are not going to do so well the rest of 2018, we'd love to hear your thoughts. We'd love to get your feedback on it. In fact, we'll talk about it here on the show if you wish as well. That's popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, popculturecosmos, Humanic Media, and Game Source on Facebook and Twitter as well. So my friend, it's been a great episode. I do want to thank Rob McCallum stepping in once again into the middle of the Cosmic Crossfire. Also as well, Tyler Baker from the Fantasy Football Pater Podcast. We got to spend some time on today's show with him. He's also coming up, I believe, as well later this weekend for our Monday show to talk a little bit more about it. But for our full extended conversations on fantasy football, stay tuned to the Pop Culture Cosmos channel and we'll be having his editions of the Fantasy Football Patriot podcast in full on our Pop Culture Cosmos channel on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many other outlets. Before I head on out, I just want to go ahead and tell everybody it's going to be a big weekend for the professional wrestling scene. I was trying to get someone in here to talk more about it, but before we on and out, I hope everybody will get a chance to enjoy, for all those pro wrestling fans out there, the independent show that everybody has been talking about for some months now. It's called All In. It's going to include a lot of wrestlers from different organizations, Ring of Honor, and so many others that are going to be coming as one into the Chicago area. It's going to be a great time indeed. The Bullet Club has coordinated this and done a great job in doing so. They've sold out the arena, 11,000 plus, doing what many thought was 
could not be done. And in fact, is going to be, I guess, you know, people saying it's the biggest independent wrestling card of all time. If it's not, then it's definitely the largest independent wrestling card, at least in the past, well, at least this century. So that's something to be proud of. That's something to look forward to. And if you get a chance, check out the pre-show on WGN America coming up on Saturday. And then also as well, check out, if you're really interested, it's a $40 pay-per-view. So you check that out as well. I, I'm sure it will live up to all expectations. And here's hoping that it's going to be a big success for all wrestling fans, because I know definitely that a lot of wrestling fans are looking forward to it. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day. Okay, auditions for the new Earth Station Who co-host. Take one, go ahead. Hello, Stonehenge, who takes the Pandora Cup, takes the universe, but, bad news everyone, cause guess who, ha, listen, you lot you're all whizzing about, it's really very distracting, could you all just stay still a minute because I am talking. Not too shabby, can you close this up? Earth Station Who, a fun mashup celebrating over 50 years of the Doctor Who universe. You never know where the TARDIS is going to go next. Earth Station Who podcast can be found at www.earthstationwho.com. Earth Station Who is a proud member of the ESO network. We are up on Facebook, iTunes, Stitcher Radio or wherever fine podcasts are found. Peace and we are done. Did I pass the audition? We'll get back to you. Next. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.